Australia has become a vibrant multicultural country. We are home to the world's oldest continuous culture. And as well, we have Australians who identify with more than 270 different ancestries. And over the past 80 years, almost 7 million people have migrated to Australia. This rich cultural diversity is one of our greatest strengths and is central to our national identity. And even in my lifetime, I have seen that change here in Toowoomba for what was once a very conservative, white town has now grown into a multicultural city. It's difficult to go anywhere these days and not see someone that has come from a different culture. And as a nation, we have embraced this concept of diversity, this understanding that each individual is unique and that each of our differences add something important to our society. We have learnt the importance of bringing together not just different cultures, but people of different languages, nationalities, religions, gender, and physical ability. And in doing this, this has enriched our community as new traditions, new ideas, new perspectives have been introduced and included. It has given individuals and families new opportunities that had never been available to them before. However, with the focus on what is different comes the danger of losing, of losing sight of what we have in common. As we give attention to what makes us individual and different, we can at times forget about what we share and what unites us. Difference at time can lead to division and opposition. And rather than embracing what is new and different, we can oppose change and stay with what we know and what we find comfortable. This is not new for society. People have wrestled with accepting difference while holding on to what is familiar and known. And this is true when we read about what was happening in the time of the Gospels. Prior to Jesus, God's people, the Jews, clung tightly, what on, clung tightly onto what had identified them as a nation. Same culture, the same language, same customs, same traditions for generations. They were God's chosen people. They were resilient restrictive and unchanging. But then with Jesus, we see this explosion of diversity and inclusion. Jesus, who celebrated diversity with unapologetic enthusiasm, even when he was criticised for it. As a Jewish man, he did not follow the pattern of the typical Jewish male of his day by sticking to his own type and avoiding those who were different. Instead, he mingled with, welcomed, healed, taught, and ultimately saved people of every race and background, every skin color, 
both genders and even of every physical size and ability. God's salvation in Jesus Christ is not reserved for any particular race or gender, for people with any certain hair colour or skin colour, any unique food preferences or dietary laws, or any single cultural background. Jesus took what was exclusive and made it totally inclusive. And we read this numerous times. In John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And in Romans, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Paul wrote to the, the Galatians, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So as Jesus abolished the old law, and established a new covenant. He knew of the potential for disharmony and disunity as new cultures and new ideas, new perspectives were welcomed into his church. He foresaw that his people could become distracted by their differences and lose sight of their oneness in him. So Jesus prayed, and he prayed for us, prayed for all his believers that we would be one. I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you have sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. And Jesus' disciples, well, they followed and embraced this diversity introduced by Jesus. And they reinforced this prayer of Jesus in seeking unity. They encouraged the early churches to hold on to the truth that they had become one family, one new humanity in Jesus. They constantly reminded them not to get lost in their differences but to celebrate the oneness that they found in Christ. I appeal to you, dear brothers, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. Finally, all of you, Have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, 
and a humble mind. In James we read, you can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoy its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other, treating each other with dignity and honour. And then we come to this passage in Corinthians. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would for not would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they are all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable, are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving great honour to the parts that lacked it, so that, would, so that there would be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each of you is a part of it. When I've been in Africa, I've often used that scripture. When I've been at church services and they've asked me to say something at a church, I often am reminded of this passage of this uniqueness coming together in this oneness of Christ that we are one body. As the band comes on and as I wrap up, this morning we've had a lot in our service. Lots of different things. Um, We've had a diverse range of people. We've had a diverse range of shirts. 
Um, but I would hope this morning, as two church communities have joined together, that you have gotten the sense that we are one body, and that our faith extends beyond cultural boundaries. That while we might do church differently, and we speak different languages, we can be united in thought and purpose. I had that, that goosebump moment today as the Chinese church sung a song that is so familiar in their language. And just this realisation that God moves beyond this place, that he be, moves beyond Toowoomba, that his spirit is all over our world. And that God's desire for us, his people, and all his people, is to embrace our uniqueness, but also maintain Christian unity. So let us be faith communities that celebrate difference. Let us be churches that love those who disagree with us. And let us be followers of Jesus that seek to tear down the walls that divide us so that the kingdom of God might flourish, so that all might come to know the joy of being God's family. The Holy Spirit will give us the strength to do so. We just need to find the courage to live it. Amen.